I'm Alana Burke, CEO of Your Life's Workshop, coach to entrepreneurs and solopreneurs across dozens of industries, and host of Good Business. With nearly 20 years' experience helping hundreds of clients create profitable, ethically driven, and sustainable businesses based on their life's work, I'm here to teach you how to do great work, make great money, and make a positive impact without feeling like you need a shower afterwards. everybody. Today's episode dovetails on our last one, where we talked about how your value isn't determined by your price tag. Today, we're talking about discounts. First, we're going to talk about why businesses offer them and what their purpose is and why they are a good idea. Then we're going to talk about why they are probably a terrible idea for you and what to do instead. So, okay, first up, Discounts are pretty self-explanatory. We all, like, know what a 25% off sign looks like, right? You set a price based on a cocktail of the value of your work mixed with what the market will bear. A discount is when you drop the price. Duh, right? So what, what types of discounts exist? First off, there's primary, right? Percent or dollar off. BOGO, buy one, get one free. Then there's buy this, get that, right? Like, buy this foundation and get this free tote bag. Then there's secondary, Pay up front, uh, like getting a discount. If you like pay for a whole project up front, you get a 10% discount, right? Um, coupons, uh, coupons where you buy something and then you get a discount for the next time you come in. Insider clubs, the kind of thing where you, uh, you know, get 10 coffees and get an 11th one for free. We call these secondary because these are discounts that are offered for products you're already buying. They're not really meant to incentivize you to purchase. They're meant to incentivize you to purchase more, right? So you're already, you've already made a buying decision, and now you're just kind of getting a reward for trying to get you to be a more loyal customer is essentially what secondary discounts are made for. So why do, why do businesses offer discounts to begin with? Uh, first, because businesses are bad. These, this is like a not all-encompassing list, but these are the most common reasons. Because business is bad. Second, because they're trying to generate buzz. Third, because they have failed to market well. Fourth, because there's some sort of special event happening. And fifth, because the market has or is about to make a turn and their product is about to become irrelevant or has already done so. This is going to be seasonal. This can be like, you know, some innovation in the market that's going to make whatever their thing is that they're selling no longer a necessity. So it gets, you know, sold at bargain basements. We've all seen it, right? Like that could be anywhere. Anything from uh, Halloween stuff gets discounted on November 1st to, you know, the old last year's iPhone gets, dis- you know, gets discounted when this year's iPhone comes out or this month's iPhone, apparently. Uh, so... What kind of businesses should offer primary discounts, and what circumstances are considered good for discounts? First, product-based businesses that change offerings frequently, so seasonal merchandise. That's the perfect thing to discount. People only need it certain times of year, and it's not going to devalue anything by, again, offering that, you know, discount on candy on November 1st. Commodities, daily use items, things that people are going to buy no matter what the price is, but that uh, might incentivize them to buy more or to be more brand loyal. Things like, you know, anywhere from soap to coffee, you know, consumables, right? Then there's the high desire, high use items. So cars, houses, meals. So things people really, really want uh, and are going to use a lot of. Those kinds of things are not going to devalue the actual product by offering a discount on them because people really, really want them and they really, really use them and they're expensive to begin with often. So why only these types? Why is this a bad idea for other types of businesses? 
First off, because their value is not in question, nor is it determined by price. If you're in a business where people will love the th your thing no matter what they pay for it, then discounts are basically irrelevant, and decisions around them can be based on whatever circumstances your business faces at the time. So if you need to generate liquidity, you need to raise some more money, you can totally offer a discount to do that if your product falls into one of those categories. But if you're a values-based business owner, then setting a price is only part of the equation. There's so much more to the mix to convey that value. Marketing, messaging, branding, content, touch points, and all the rest of it comes into play. And if, all, if your offering is fundamentally not the most straightforward, then discounts are the last thing you want to add into the mix because it confuses, it muddies the water. Because first, you need to understand what motivates buy, the buying decisions of your people. What, what you are helping them do. What are you helping them feel? What are you helping them understand? If your answer goes past a couple of words, then discounts are not for you. So like, if your answer is, I sell clothes, okay, sure, you can offer a discount once in a while. It's not going to harm your business. But if it's something more like, I help purpose-driven healers create marketing plans that empathize with their mystical connection to the netherworld, well then, discounts are basically just a nice way of making your marketing complicated and yielding the opposite of the results that you want. So I want to address something really quickly here. Um, it's kind of calling out a contradiction. In my last episode, I talked about how your value is not determined by your price. So that might feel like a contradiction to what I'm saying here. It isn't. Your value is not determined by your price, but it is determined by how empathetically you market yourself and the integrity with which you do so. So if you say, I charge X for my services because that's what I need to cover my expenses, make a comfortable profit, and continue to thrive. But in the very next breath, you're saying, actually, I'm totally comfortable taking 30% less. You are falling out of integrity and basically telling them that your primary price tag was totally bullshit. You're essentially saying, I lied to you yesterday. So beyond that, you're undermining trust. Fundamentally, that's what's underneath that. By changing your price tag, you essentially convey the first level was a lie. And when the effectiveness of your work and your offer is based entirely on how much the person buying trusts you, it's of critical importance that you maintain that trust in every touch point, no matter what. So offering that discount and losing that trust can cost you a whole lot more than not getting the sale at all. Because I promise you, the people who buy your services at a discount and only, this is an important detail here, if they're buying only because there was a discount, they will never be the ones that become your raving fans. They'll never be the, the years-long customers who come back again and again and rave about you. Because one more time, let me be crystal clear on why. It's not because your price and your value is intrinsically linked. It's because the people who bought on sale don't have the same level of trust for you, your word, and your offerings than those who buy at full price and who never see you discount anything. Therefore, you are more effective when people trust you. They listen to you more when they trust you. That's why you hear people constantly hammering on you should raise your price and therefore get higher value. It's not for the reason you think. It's not because they'll value it more highly at a higher price tag. It's because they will trust you more when it's more expensive <laughs> and, and when you establish that as your value level. It's about trust, not price. It's about trust, not value. Without trust, value is meaningless. So what do you do instead? What do you do instead? 
you create promotions that build trust. And I want to make that clear. A promotion is not the same thing as a discount. You can promote all kinds of things, right? Promotions are good. Of course you want to build buzz. That's marketing. I'm never going to say marketing's bad. I love marketing. Marketing's communication. We love marketing. So here are a few trust-building promotion ideas that, are, that absolutely work in promoting your offers and deepen the level of buy-in that new clients have right from the jump. And this is not a complete list, but you may want to go get a pen for this part. I'll wait. Okay, go get a pen. Seriously, (laughs) you're going to want to write this shit down. This is like actual stuff, you guys. Like I know podcasts don't often give you like real things, but um, I'm going to actually give you lessons. This is stuff that I teach my clients. It's stuff I teach in courses. And and so I'm going to give you a rundown of these are the most effective ones that I've seen that both build trust and establish value. So the first, the value add. This is basically... My regular price is X, but right now I'm also offering an additional session with me to do, you know, insert something specific. Then you're preserving the integrity of your core value offering by doing this. You're preserving the the integrity of your core value offering while also creating an attention-getting promotion. You see this a lot in education and leadership brands. Another example of this would be buy this and get this free gift. That's kind of another way of doing that. Um, If it's informational, you want that gift to complement your product and be something that you would use in concert or in addition to. Uh, So this is like similar to one of those things on that primary list, um, but that's more like a buy this flashy thing that makes you want the first thing more so that it'll make you buy this other thing more. That's different. This is more like a buy this course and I'm going to give you a workbook with it that's going to deepen your experience with the course. Does that make more sense? Okay, second up uh, in our types of promotions, the scholarship. I do this one all the time. I even have a scholarship fund set up so that my more successful clients can contribute. So how does a scholarship differ from a discount? Well, two ways. One, if you do it right, you actually fund the scholarship, meaning you have some way of getting actual real money into the scholarship fund. So you give someone $100 off and you actually still get paid. This is how I do it. Clients contribute to it and then I match 100% in my hourly time. So this actually comes out to me making my base rate, I'd say probably 99% of the time, even when, even with my scholarship clients. I still make the same amount of money that I would with anybody else. But it mean, it facilitates that happening because beneficiaries of my scholarship are coming back and contributing to it when they get more successful. And if you want to know more about it, you can email me or, you know, ask, (laughs) right? Um, So second, your scholarship is basically a discount in in disguise. Like that's the, you know, there's kind of two ways, right? So the first is you fund it. The second is a discount in disguise. This is okay in my book, as long as your work is you work to build any potential lost trust by showing how deeply care you care about the scholarship and its recipients. You do this by really engaging with the process. You don't make it easy for them to get it. You show potential recipients that it matters a lot to you and that it's not just a freebie. It's different than saying, my services are 20% off to everybody who comes in the door in the next 30 days. That's a completely different thing than saying, I'm offering a one-seat scholarship for one person And here's the nine hoops you need to jump through to make sure that you're the right person for it. Now, a sidebar about scholarships. I, uh, this is an opinion thing, but don't make your scholarships public. In other words, don't make people jump through hoops for money publicly. Okay. I fucking hate this shit. Like I see people do this on Instagram all the time where it's like, you can get a free hour of coaching. If you tell me below in the comments, like all the reasons why you need more confidence. 
That's terrible. I'm sorry. You're putting somebody in an extremely vulnerable position who already needs help, and then you're making them feel more vulnerable and more public shame. Way to go on that. Make it private. <laughs> like, if you want to bring in a pool of people, it's the people, you know, you want to bring it together, like, make a community out of the people who are all applying. Start a little Facebook group that's temporary for people that are applying for your scholarship, and then they can share with each other. And make it a way that they can connect with one another. You never want to create shame in somebody who needs a handout. Like, it's okay. It's a handout. We can call it that. But you don't want to make them feel bad about it, right? That's not going to help their business. That's not going to help their growth. That's not going to help them feel good about working with you. And that's definitely not going to help them trust you. That's for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. Excuse me. Excuse my French. I know. I swear too much. Okay. Uh, third up, the package deal. Bundle things together occasionally and offer a nominal drop in the price while maintaining a high bracket. So keep the price high, but bundle them together so that it keeps the same sort of positioning as far as your um, the financial bracket that you're marketing to, but it gives more value. So if somebody needs to dig deep in their pockets or fund a little bit um, with a little bit of debt financing, then you're giving them a much higher value. And so that, that feels okay. So this builds trust mostly in those who are already deeply committed to working with you and buying from you. So trust isn't really an issue for them. You're essentially rewarding them for their attention and loyalty. This is a great thing to offer to a loyal email list, right? It's kind of a back pocket sell. So the beta test. This one is contentious because it only works when it's real, <laughs> okay? I see plenty of people pretend to beta test when they are actually just calling it that and getting, because they're just actually trying to just get people no to notice them and think that they can offer a steep discount without penalty, what they're actually doing and saying is, hi, I'm new and I have very little confidence in what I'm doing. Please, 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 please buy my thing. I need people so bad. Seriously, please, please, please. I'll basically give it away. That is not a beta test, okay? A real beta test comes from someone who already knows what they're doing and legitimately wants to test a new offer. They do this in a clear and formal way. They ask for significant and specific feedback to use and they use it to as part of their process to grow and evolve. And believe me, people can smell the difference, okay? There are so many business coaches that tell people to offer beta tests to get their first clients. It's the stupidest idea ever. It's so transparent, okay? You're going to get a bunch of wrong people that are wrong for your offer and are just looking for a fucking bargain. That does nothing, nothing for your business growth, and it will stomp on your confidence when you're new. Please do not offer a beta test. There are other ways to get people in the door, and we'll talk about those on innumerable other episodes, but not today. Okay, and finally, the payment plan. I am a huge fan of payment plans. Payment plans. I do them all the time. Nothing says let's trust each other more than uh, my thing costs 2K and I'm okay with you paying it off long after our work is done. It says you're confident in your work and you care about affordability and accessibility. And as a sidebar, I never upcharge for payment plans. Yes, it might make like 5% less because of the repeated admin and fees and everything, but a client who would never have been able to benefit from working with me, the gift of that trust is everything. Why on earth would I want to penalize somebody over a few bucks? And 99% of the time, these are the clients who work the hardest and build their businesses and work and work and work, and they almost always come back with me and support the scholarship fund later. Like, I'd say... 75% of the people who benefit from long payment plans have come back and contributed to the scholarship fund, which means they're funding the work of other people to come up behind them. What could be better than that, people? 
Like I have clients that have been pay that have paid me off and taken so long to pay off giant branding projects that by the time they're paid off, they're ready for a rebrand and we just start over again. And in 11 years, I have never, never, not once, not ever had anyone stiff me on their balance on their payment plans. Why? Because I do good work and they trust me and I trust them. It's as simple as that. So there you have it. We talked through why, all, why discounts are probably a bad idea for most of my listeners, who they're actually good for, and you now have a bunch of ideas of what to do instead. Go forth and trust. See you all next time. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. For more information, visit thegoodbusiness.co or yourlifesworkshop.com.